So, a deer, a female deer. Da. Words, I'm sure there are some more. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> that was good, though. I'm going there, don't you? Of course you go in there. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Yeah. Although, to be fair, that has a lot of lyrics. Mostly place names. It does, and they're the bits that people don't remember. It's the sail away bit that you remember. Yeah. It has mostly place <laughs> names, most of which make absolutely no sense whatsoever. But, you know Well, Sail Away is a, a good tedious link For where we're going to go with this episode Well, that's true Yeah It wasn't even intentional I'm impressed Yeah, that worked quite well It's almost, I mean, anybody anybody might Anybody who credited us with any degree of professionalism might might think that we had actually planned it out, but we genuinely hadn't. We just happened to end up talking about boats. Yeah. Just before... <laughs> We're going to talk about more boats. Episode 128. It is episode 128. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a cough. I can tell. It's residual COVID. It's not my fault. I know. Episode 128, in which we are going to sail away and talk about a boat. Well, we're going to talk about the contents of a boat. Okay. And to be fair, the boat was found under a farm at Gokstad in Norway. Yeah. Well, under a hill on a farm. Yes. Yeah, there had to be a detail, didn't there? <coughs> I thought I was doing quite well, but no, detail, all right. So the boat had to be found under a hill. Yeah. On a farm. Yeah. In Gokstad. In Norway. Yeah. By some hooligans. Technically. Who dug it up. And then went off to the landowner and went, oh, by the way, you know that legend that's been doing the round for like a thousand years about how there's a boat buried under this hill? There actually is. Well, it turns <laughs> out there's a boat buried under this hill, at which point he was like, I'm having some of that action. Well, yeah, I mean, you can imagine like your teenage lads troop into your kitchen covered in soil and 
you know, sweaty mucky and they say actually dad there really is a boat under there you need to come and see this i'm just imagining how that conversation would go yeah he's like what's it worth yeah possibly well, i mean i'm i'm crediting him <clears throat> a a very human um motivational set to there i mean mm-hmm. it might be that he was one of those humans that went Ooh, we need to preserve this for um, posterity and future generations to understand how things were done a thousand years ago. I mean, that's possible too. Or but anyway, he... yeah, we, we talked about a little bit about the excavation of it mm-hmm. in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So before we start today's episode, we probably ought to say... Hello, lovely listeners. Hello, listeners. It's lovely to be back with you around the virtual campfire. We're going to do a bit of introductions and then a bit of a detour, and then we're going to go into our part two of talking about the Gokstad boat burial. Hmm. So we're going to start at the top of the list with introductions. Hi, I'm Suzanne. Martin, I'm a heathen. I've got a head full of mostly stuff and hopefully not a lot of COVID. <coughs> I'm hoping that at least one of these things will be useful. Well, indeed, not having COVID is quite useful. It would be, yes. Your turn. Um, my turn. Well, I'm 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 Kate. <coughs> um, I'm Kate Colburn. I I I live here. And that's basically why I'm involved. And I have a head full of stuff as well. But the stuff my head is full of is mostly Star Trek, which is not that useful. Um, And I have... I've... I've... I, I didn't get on with COVID. No. I really didn't. I've, I've it's not on my your card list. No, I've 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 ended up with kind of a just a just a, 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 a trying very hard not to be asleep most of the time. Yeah. Sort of deal going on. <coughs> so yeah. should I sound lovely listener, um as though I am I'm basically asleep during this this thing. It's not that I'm not interested. It's just um, we're both basically just asleep. <laughs> it's just I'm blaming COVID. As simple as that. All right. So, lovely listeners, settle in, warm your knees, bank the fire up a bit, come and pull up a log. You know the drill. The bit of the drill you don't know is that we'd like to do a bit of a special shout out. To our lovely, lovely friends at Awaken the North, Mm -hmm. which is an inclusive international heathen organisation. Yeah. And we just want to kind of big them up a little bit because they're awesome. They are. So if you are looking for online community or you are looking for community or you're just kind of looking for a whole bunch of very awesome, very inclusive people... That's a pretty good place to go. Yeah, we've uh, we've been hanging around in there. Um, I, obviously, we have a Discord server, which yes. you know, 
um, we we like to try and keep um, keep our, our virtual campfire burning. We do. Um, but um, they do have a, a, a Discord server of their own, which uh, you can go and uh, have a look at. Um, various channels there for all sorts of uh, different subjects. Yeah. Um, worth definitely worth your time to uh, to check out. Yeah, go and have a nosy round, see what you think. We think they're pretty awesome. Hmm. So if you are a member of Awaken the North, you are very, very welcome around the virtual campfire with Kate and I. And it's lovely to be amongst friends. Hmm. All you lovely, lovely listeners from around the world and a big hello to all the lovely people at Awaken the North. And... As far as we know, <clears throat> we're not infectious anymore. Which is good. Hmm. We're just kind of blag. Just blag. Yeah. So, Gokstad. Quick recap from episode 127. Gokstad is a ship burial found in 1880. It's dug into clay and it's got this beautiful anaerobic preservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked... Uh, a little bit last time about the dimensions of the ship. So it's about 23.8, 24 metres long. Yeah. 78 feet for those that work in old money. 32 oar ports down the sides. 64 shields down the edges of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. We also talked about the fact that they calculated how big the sail would have been given the mast. So it's 110 meters square and we've talked about viking sails before we talked big about sale, anyway. <laughs> it's a big sail we talked about the fact everything that it has must a... go <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the fact it's quite shallow in draft yep so it's not really built or originally they thought it wasn't built for going out and about on the big waves they just thought it was a kind of a go around the coasts and in the rivers yeah with the, the shallow draft would have helped it in the rivers, but there's no dragon heads. And we've got the remains of a skeleton. And it's not a complete skeleton. It's about half a dozen bits of bone. Mm-hmm. Not a whole whole person, but we've got enough to work it out. And we talked a lot about the injuries to the femur. Yes. <clears throat> that big bone in your leg. And that big bone in your leg between your pelvic bone and your kneecap that bone the length of that bone is in relation ratio to your height because as a human being you are mostly give or take in a proportion so said da vinci so said da vinci with his whole kind of vitruvian man thing doing sort of details but it's really easy to figure out that you are in proportion because most of the bits of your body will not necessarily be in one ratio, but they will be in ratio to each other. And the really awesome way of figuring this out is if you take your hand and you stretch out your fingers and you put your thumb on the inside of your opposite elbow. Wait, what? Right, thumb. Thumb. Inside my opposite elbow. Yep, you'll find that your little finger pretty much stretches to where your wrist is. No, it doesn't. Yours is a little bit short. But (laughs) give or take, that measurement 
Okay. So your forearm bone, your hand span, and the size of your foot are all roughly the same size. Oh, wow. Okay. So your all of your bits are in ratio. <coughs> there Actually, <you> there's weird. <coughs> yeah. Because my left <coughs> hand, my left span from thumb, thumb end to f little finger end does do the elbow to wrist thing. But yes. my right thumb end... The little finger end. You're left handed and your left not. hand stretches a bit further. <clears throat> oh. Oh. So use your dominant hand on the inside of your opposite forearm and you should find that it fits. Wait, 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 wait. What 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 I can't do it even <laughs> slightly. Even so slightly as fast that... as he did. That but, forearm but, but, bone but, but, is about but, but, the same size as your foot, is about the same size as your hand span. You are all in roughly give or take proportion. So are ratio. you saying <laughs> are you saying that I am not symmetrical? Because I because it's I no, that, of course you're not symmetrical. You're a human being. Be a, so I'm imperfect. Yeah, sorry, Chip. Crikey. I know. So if you've got bits of a skeleton, providing you've got enough bits, yeah, as in you've got most of a femur length, you can tell how tall somebody is because that hip bone to knee bone, mm -hmm. that is in ratio to your height. And as we know, <clears throat> if we know how tall someone is, yeah. we can tell whether they were a man or a woman. Yeah, no. Not quite. No. <clears throat> no. Fair enough. Yeah. So we've got injuries to the femurs. Yeah. We've got a little bit of pelvic bone left. We've got injuries, those um, horizontal cuts to the femur, which is going through soft tissue and then marking the bone. They're very, very common leg injuries, especially in warfare. Because mm -hmm. that's about where your chainmail stops. And even if you're wearing chainmail slightly longer, it's kind of swooshing about as you're moving, which leaves all your slightly above knees all exposed and cold and without chainmail on. Does remind uh, me a little <coughs> bit about the thing about um, World War Two bombers. Yes. The 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 story is for some reason it 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 kind of became a a story that everybody everybody told everybody a few years ago. Um, and I can't remember what the principle is called, but all these bombers were coming back in World War Two, and they were covered in bullet holes, and all the the like the engineers were sort of looking at them and going, "Okay, we're going to fix these we need planes. To reinforce we need where to reinforce these bullet holes are. Where all these bullet holes are." <clears throat> yeah. And then somebody came along and went, nah, well, I but think it through." Mm. Because these are the bullet; these are the ones with the bullet holes in places. These ones are coming back. Yeah, the, the other ones, ones aren't with bullet holes somewhere else <laughs> and are not, not coming, coming back. back. <clears throat> so it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit, a little bit about that with the with the with the chainmail. It's like you keep finding keep finding dead people with 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 like nick, nicked up femoral yeah femur femurs. It, it's like. Yeah, maybe we need to reinforce this bit of yeah. the armour, perhaps. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so we know uh, he's been identified as male. He's been identified in mid-40s. He had this very violent death because he's got these injuries on the femur bones. Um, there's a few other things in the burial that I wanted to talk about in this episode, okay. which includes the aforementioned gold thread and peacocks. Right. Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, as long as there's gold, I'm happy. <coughs> I know, I know. So, in the centre of the boat, like a lot of boat burials, you'll often find there's a uh, like a, a room constructed out of planks or logs that the focus of the burial is in. Okay. So, in this particular case, they've built like almost like a little A-frame tent shape but they've built it out of very rough logs. Mm. And it's in there that you actually get the person themselves. Okay. <clears throat> What's left of the person themselves. Now you've got... The deceased. <clears throat> the deceased. You've got no sword in this burial. Okay. No mail, no helmet, no shiny bling jewels, but we do have a lot of other stuff. All right. So, and yet the person is tall and therefore must have been a man. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. Uh... There is no my tallest in this scenario. <laughs> my tall... <laughs> the mighty tallest. The mighty tallest. No, my tallest. <laughs> no. So, we know that it's a single burial, whereas Oseberg is that double female burial. This is a single burial. Yeah. And the character of the burial is different to the one at Osberg. Okay. So we have with this person, whoever they are, the remains of 12 horses. 12? 12. 12. That's a lot of horses. It's a lot of horse. And if you imagine a horse is like, I don't know, better part of... Like two tons of animal. It's going on that way. Yeah, twelve of them. I mean, depending what kind <clears throat> of horse it was. Yeah, and uh, presumably, whoever you are determines the, the 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 sort of the girth of the horse that you get. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you you might be like. You don't want to be eight foot four and riding Thelwells. That's all I'm saying. I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, everything's in ratio here. Them, them little, them <coughs> little tiny, tiny sort of. Yeah. Or like, um, what was his name? Bruce the Hoon. Bruce the Hoon. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce the Hoon, with with thousands of enormous warriors on very small horses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve horses. Okay. In a boat burial. It's not, they're not the only animals in here. You've also got, some accounts will say six dogs, some accounts will say eight. Okay. So there's hunting dogs or house dogs or herding dogs, whatever these dogs are, there's a number of them in here as well. Right. There are two remains of two goshawks in here. As in the birds. As in, yeah, as in the hawk toy, the pointy birds. Yes. That make birds that go twit go explode. 
Yes. <laughs> when they the, land on them at speed. Death from above birds. The death from above birds. There's two death from above birds in here. Okay. There's also one bone from either a duck or a goose. They hadn't quite figured it out in the last in the latest report that I'd looked at. Duck duck goose. Yeah. So right. So can we make can we make uh, any edu- educated guesses then from these grave goods? Have we finished the grave goods? We're Is not th- even halfway through the grave. Goods. Oh my God! Carry on with the grave goods. <clears throat> okay. Then. So, twelve horses. Yeah. Six to eight dogs. I can't find a solid number on those. Okay. Two goshawks. Yeah. Two male peacocks. Right. It's, is... it's beginning to sound like a song. It is. <laughs> On the first day of Yulmus. Yes. Your father brought to me two male peacocks. Yeah, you know it's got to work, don't And you? a goose or a duck bone. We haven't figured it out yet. We haven't figured it out yet. Maybe it knew. We didn't have to know. But there you go. Two broken goshawks. <clears throat> yeah. Eight. Dogs that may have been for various purposes. Yeah, we're losing the rhythm a little bit here. Yeah, it's not exactly scanning. We might have to work on it a bit. Carry on. Okay. Also inside the boat burial are three smaller boats. Oh, now you're just getting silly. (laughs) And have the little boats got littler boats in them? They have not. These are three... Littler boats, and they're not like rowing boats that you and I would know where you've got a pointy end at one end and a flat end at the other end. Right. These are littler rowing boats that are pointy at both ends. Okay. So there's three smaller boats inside the big boat where all of this other stuff is as well. All right. All right. So you've also got... Because... Because big fleas have little fleas. Upon their backs to ride them. Upon their backs to bite them. Bite them! That's where I've been going wrong. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 And little fleas have smaller fleas, and so add infinitum. That was profound. So it might be the same with boats. Yeah. You just get little boats. Oh, actually, think... This is quite interesting though because there is this thing one of the one of the things there's 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 this debate about which what is a ship and what is a boat I always thought that was something captainy related what well, could be I don't know like a but, ship has a captain and a boat doesn't but for for the longest time I heard that the way you tell is that a boat is something that you can put on the back of a ship. But you can't put a ship on a boat. But you can't put a ship on a boat. So you have like a lifeboat, for example. Yeah. You can lift a boat out <coughs> of the water, put it on a ship, and then the ship will can can sail with the boat on its on its on its back. Now, this is fine until you talk to the submarine service. Who go bloop. Because the they they go bloop. Quietly. <laughs> Sorry, quiet bloop. Because the submarines, <laughs> the submarine, a submarine is referred to as a boat. Bloop. 
A submarine is not referred bloop. A submarine <laughs> is not referred to as a, sh- as a ship. It's a boat. It can't be a boat. It doesn't you... go on the on. Well, it does go on the surface, but then it goes underneath. And I know other boats can do that, but the submarines tend to come back up again afterwards. Ideally. Yes. The point is you can't take... I mean, a little... one. You know, one of the little ones, maybe, but if you're, if you're talking like, a, you know, a, 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 one of these massive great missile boats, you can't take that out of the water, put it on the back of a ship and, and ferry it about the place. So, the whole boat versus ship, because you can ride one on the other thing doesn't necessarily work but but then i heard the best thing and it's the thing i've clung to no idea whether it's got any maritime uh credit to it at all but i'm clinging to it because it sounds brilliant which is that if you've got a boat Mm. and you're sailing your boat at speed and you turn your boat. Yes. If it's a boat, it will heel into the turn. So okay. basically, the top of the <coughs> the top of the boat, the like the the, the vertical line, yeah. will lean into the turn. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in a ship, and you turn your your thing sharply it will lean out of the turn i think that's probably where the mary rose kind of got scuppered isn't it that is where the mary rose got thoroughly scuppered dope because they turned with all the gun ports open very low in the water wasn't the best idea ever and all the water came in yeah and they sank they did yes mm. that was bad but modern boats and ships are designed specifically not to do that. That's probably a good plan. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, if you're going to have a plan, that's a pretty good one. Mm. Anyway, that's that's just a thing I, I, I know <clears> about <throat> boats that may or may not be true. Okay. So, we'll go back to the one at Gokstad. Okay. And the contents therein. Oh, yes, because we've, we've done the goshawks, haven't we? The... We've done the horses... The dogs, the goshawks, the peacocks, and the smaller boats. That was it. It was the smaller boats that got me off. Yeah. On a tangent. So, this is where it gets really fun. Do you remember me talking um, a little bit earlier about the fact that they've built this kind of wooden, very rough looking wooden, almost like an A frame tent burial chamber? Yes. Yeah little kind of burial chamber room thing, often bang smack in the middle. So they've found fragments of cloth, which I've seen identified as silk, and it's got gold thread woven through it, and it's in between the logs on the burial chamber roof. So it's either that they covered, they, they built this burial chamber and they covered it with a piece of silk, with gold thread running through it. It's pretty posh. We've, we've, we don't have access to gold, gold thread. No. Because gold is very shiny and therefore quite valuable. Yeah. But didn't we try, or didn't you try, 
Um, incorporating very, very fine wire. Into tablet weaving. Into a tablet weave at one Didn't point. go well. Yeah, I seem to recall it didn't quite... It spectacularly badly, in fact. ...work out. <laughs> so, well. yeah. But it was like the thinnest, thinnest, thinnest... Yeah. ...little tiny... So whatever skills they've got, they have got some mad, mad skills. So they're weaving... This is not gold thread as you and I would know it, where it's the colour gold... Or it's just gold coloured thread it's wrapped around the It's literally gold. It's literally gold that is pulled out to the finest thin wire and they're using that to go through silk with. I mean, in fairness, it has to be pointed <clears throat> out, gold is very, very, very flexible. Yeah, but too flexible and you're narnered. Yeah. Because it just breaks. It's, it's clever work. So they're... I've seen the fabric that it's woven through identified as silk. So this is a piece of silk with gold thread, uh, with gold interwoven through it that is now found between the logs of the burial chamber. So you, you could imagine that there's a big piece of it and they've just put it over the top of this space. Okay. <clears throat> so they've also got in in the the boat the big boat burial mm -hmm. there's remains of a tent right remains of a sledge and we've seen sledges in burial contexts before yeah yeah there's remains of what they've called riding equipment like bridles and what have you to go with the 12 horses to go with your 12 horses but there's no sword in there there's no like big bits of metals in there okay there's a gaming board in there. Ah. <coughs> ah. 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 So, You're thinking BJ581. I'm thinking BJ581. <coughs> gaming board suggests strategist of some form. Yes. They are often found in combination with weapons and armour in graves. And yet there are no weapons in this one. There are no weapons in this one. Okay. There's also um, fish hooks. Mm -hmm. um, harness fittings those like metal pieces that would have been left over from uh, harnesses riding equipment again for the horses or are <coughs> for we the talking horses. for the dogs no or? no for the horses, These are the horses. there's okay. also kitchen utensils so things you would use in a kitchen to run a household right and six beds Six beds, but only one person. Yeah. So. We're there. We're done. That is the whole list of everything that is at Gokstad, including the notable not theirs. Okay. Cue generation game music. Yeah. Um, we're going to do. Cuddly the, toy. The cuddly toy. <laughs> right. So. We've got... Are you ready? Bits of a person. Yeah. Quite tall. Not much of a person, but yes. Bits of a person. Yeah. Quite tall. Yeah. Apparently uh, either died or suffered from um, wounds to the f femor femoral bit. Yeah. Where there's a very important artery. Yep. Right. We've got six horses. Twelve. We've got twelve horses. Yeah. 
we've got six dogs. Yeah. Six or eight to, dogs. Six to eight, depending on which report you read. Right. Yeah. We've got we've got stuff with the horses, i.e. bridles and and, yeah. and, and ridey equipment. <clears throat> Harness fittings, yeah. Right. We've got two goshawks. Yes. We've got a bit of a bit of something that might have been a goose or it might have been a duck. Haven't figured that one out yet. Haven't figured that, that yeah. out yet. Battle rages amongst archaeologists as to whether it's a goose or a duck. Absolutely. <clears throat> We've got a piece of silk interwoven with gold thread. Yeah. Remains of it. Remains yeah. of it. Between the roof logs. And now now and then things start getting confused. Frankly, gender confusing. Two peacocks, right? Because yeah, all right. Two peacocks and three smaller boats and three for smaller. I was coming to the three smaller okay, boats. Okay, okay, okay. Right, but then you've got the thing about well, we know we know we can gender people based on what they're buried with, yeah, right? Yes. Well, look, I okay, know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, <clears throat> I know it's hooey. But I'm just saying this is what people have said this for a is, long time. This is the convention. The tradition so, is that you can do that. In this case, we've got a gaming board yeah. indicating some sort of strategic what's yep. it <clears throat> yep, yep, prowess. Yep. Mm -hmm. But we've also got kitchen equipment yeah. and, and things for running a house. Yeah, sort of, I don't know, that... Could be. I've only ever seen it described as kitchen utensils, so it could be just tools, bowls, buckets. All right. We find kitchen those utensils. in other graves. We find those in other graves as well. And twelve beds. Six beds. Six beds, like mm. I said. <laughs> and a tent. And a tent. And a sledge. And a sledge. <laughs> Forgot those. <laughs> and a cuddly toy. Hey. <laughs> So yeah, it's a bit packed. Is this That's boat That's quite a selection of stuff. It is quite a selection of stuff. While you're pondering that, lovely, lovely listeners, you recall that on several occasions in these last couple of episodes, I've talked about the draft being very shallow, and them originally thinking that there was no way in heck this thing was going anywhere but shallow, gentle waters where it couldn't capsize. Yeah. Yeah. In 1893, which is like 93, 13, 13 years after 13 they found years it. after they excavated it, they built the first replica of it. Okay. And it's a replica boat that is named the Viking. What an imaginative name. I know, right? And it sailed from Norway to Chicago for the Chicago World Fair. Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. Chicago on the other side of the big water. Viking is a Viking ship replica. It is an exact replica of the Gokstak ship. That's it. Recovered from Gokstad Haugen, a Viking area, era burial mound in Sandy, Sandefjord, Norway. It was featured at the World's Columbian Expo exposition at Chicago in 1893 it its maiden close. voyage was from Bergen, Norway <laughs> to Chicago Illinois how the blazers 
did they do that? I don't know. I just don't know. <clears throat> okay, so Montreal. it went from Bergen, Norway to Chicago, Illinois. And suddenly they found that this exact replica of Goxgad could actually sail across the North Atlantic. Yeah. Now, it's not the only one, the only replica that was built and then crossed the Atlantic. Okay. So in 1989 to 1990, there was a another exact replica of Gokshad called the Gaia. Mm -hmm. And that sailed across the pond to North America, proving that Gokshad, you know, that the, the Viking was definitely not a fluke. It could definitely sail across the North Atlantic and deal with the waves, even though they didn't think it could. We're kind of making the point here. <clears throat> yeah. Did anybody... <clears throat> did anybody... Did did, I mean I don't want to 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 sort of flare everything up by mentioning Leif Leif Erikson. No. Um, you know because I know reasons that tends to cause huge fights and you know bottles get thrown and things. Well, people get a bit spirited. But the simple fact is, we're talking about. Hey, here's a ship that could quite easily have crossed the Atlantic and ended up in North America. North America. Yeah. So the Viking did in 1893. Mm -hmm. The Gaia 89 to 90 crossed the North Atlantic. There were another four replicas of Gokstad that have been made. Some wow. of them full size. Some of them half the size, because you remember this thing's like a 24 metre long boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's massive. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was the Moonin, the Islandiger, uh, the Hugin, and another one that I can't find the name of. Okay. So there's six copies of this thing zooming around. The Hugin and the Moonin? Yeah. I like that. I know, right? I like that. How good are they? So, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's caused a huge kind of impression because even though it doesn't have some of the blingiest bling, mm. if you compare it to Sutton Who, it's very markedly missing what we would expect to see in metal finds. So we have no helmet, we have no chainmail, we have no swords, we have no... Um, Knives, no. Spears, axes, metal shield, boss. None of that. It's all. All of that is effectively missing, where we would expect to find it in a burial, like this. But do we have? <coughs> and I may have asked this last week. Um, and if so, uh, I've forgotten, and I'm blaming COVID. Okay. Um, but have we? Do we have any indication that the the ship was built as an ocean-going ship? I mean, was it built as a ship? Was it built as a funerary thing? Or was it built as a functioning ship and then later used as... As far as I know, all the ship burials that I know of are functioning ships okay. that are then used in a burial context. There's no ship burial that I know of where the ship has been made specifically just to be buried so the, again that's that's a <coughs> massive that's a massive thing I mean mm. 
obviously, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a direct, um, uh, I don't have a direct way of comparing the the relative value, both monetary and strategic. Yeah. Um, of a, you know, you take a modern destroyer or yeah. something. <clears throat> And think well, he, you know, here's here's somebody very important that's that's died. We're gonna bury them in this destroyer. Mm. You know, I'm I'm not obviously I don't know exactly how the how the value would, but if you're talking about a, a, a ship that was actually functional, it was built to do stuff. It was built to go out there. This one we we know was lacking a, a dragon prow so mm. you know maybe it was a maybe it was just a trade ship i say just yeah you know um <clears throat> yeah maybe maybe it was specifically built to be a trade ship a, a diplomatic um vessel mm. uh you know on the way to alderaan um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but the point is at some point, somebody has gone. Okay, well, this this is this person is important enough to, but maybe it was a, maybe it was a ship that was old, that was running out of its own service life, mm. you know, and maybe it was going to have to be retired. Maybe it was a case of you know, well, we've got this this person who's died, and this ship we can't keep using much anymore. We might as well combine the two, and there you go. Um, or is he valuable enough for them to take an incredibly valuable ship out of service? Exactly. And use that. Yeah. Was it his ship? Yeah. Did he command that vessel? Yeah. And so he is now commanding it in death. Mm. And, yeah, the it, it just... It kind of expands my brain a little bit to think of all the possibilities of what these objects... They're puzzles that we will never solve. No. And the the biggest delight is the fact that we will never solve them. Yeah, I, we I can, suppose so. We can sit here and think about the burial at Gokstad and think about the one at Oseberg and think about Sutton Who. Yeah. And they are, on the surface, they, they're three hugely rich ship burials. Yeah. And they're all done with a great degree of care and attention to what is put into that space, what is left out of that space, what mm. is put close to the body, what is put far away from the body, all of those kind of considerations. See, I'm always <clears> fascinated, <throat> and I always have been. I mean, it's... it's. I'm, I don't generally think of myself as a particularly uh, money-obsessed person. It's not that I'm, it's not that I'm particularly um, interested in the, 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 the whole kind of financial thing but i am interested in in the changing of values of things and the idea of 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 thinking about i mean nowadays a modern navy obviously with the technology and and stuff that has to go into a warship these days a modern navy is going to have to spend millions if not billions of dollars mm. building a ship which is going to have to have a service life of you know x number of decades and it's going to have to keep being updated and and, mm. and upgraded and all this kind of thing so it is this enormous enormous outlay 
um, go back a, a few hundred years and you've got these square rig ships of the line. You've got... The, ironclads. You Well, yeah, you've got ironclads. I mean, I skipped over those, but yeah. You've got you've got ironclad warships. You've got, like I say, um, um, you know, a, 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 a ship of the line, square rigged, multi-cannon, you mm. know, the sort of thing that you'd be using at Trafalgar and stuff like that. Again, it's going to cost comparatively speaking this vast vast amount of money um albeit it might only be you know a few thousand pounds mm. but a few thousand pounds back then was an extraordinary amount of cash mm. um and it interests me to, to to sort of be going back through history and going well you know exactly comparatively speaking you know for a kingdom or a chieftainship or whatever you know yeah. how much does it cost them to build one of these things to maintain one of these things you know and and like you and say to have more than one to have more than one yeah and you're i think the part of this that interests me is that funerals are not uh, funerals are for the living mm. so unless the deceased had whole conversations with people to say right this is what i want in my burial this is how i want it doing and even then they might not have followed their word to the letter yeah so it's living people that have put those objects in there mm. it's living people that will have dressed him for the final <clears throat> time will have cut the logs will have brought them to the site, will have decided where that ship burial is going to go. Yeah. And will have dug out the hole for the hole and dragged the ship up will onto have dis- the headland. Will have dismantled that goose. <clears throat> will have dismantled duck. that one goose duck <laughs> and all of the other things that went in it. And so, yeah, funerals are for the living. Mm. So what purpose... Did this? Did these funeral goods fulfil for the living? Mm. Where did that, that? That just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. Lovely listeners, I'm going to sit here with my mind blown um, because there are so many amazing possibilities about what happened, how it happened, why we've got the result we've got. And some things are very easy to see, like you can make that assumption more grave goods equals more status. That's a fairly standard held assumption in archaeology. Mm. The majority of graves that archaeologists encounter from this period don't have anything in them. Um, A very small minority have maybe a knife or a couple of beads. Very, very rarely do you get a display like this. And as we know... Again, the taller you are, the maler you are. That's a that's a rule. No, it's not. No. No. Okay, because you know, I'm fairly sure <laughs> there's a Scythian priestess burial where she's six foot odd, and she's got a false eye. She has an eye that is oh like a black. She she's missing an eye on one side and she's got a black eyeball yes. that's a false eyeball that's been fitted to the socket. 
Yes. Oh, she's amazing. I did read about that. Lovely yeah. listeners, we're going to find you a link, drop that into the description, because you really need to see that. But apart from a slight foray into Scythia, I mean, we did it in the last episode with Pazrix, so, you know, we can do it in this episode yeah. as well. Yeah. Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you pondering funerals are for the living especially when it comes to burials like Sutton Hoo, like Oseberg, like this one. We've just spent two whole episodes exploring at Gokstad. <laughs> if you would like to find us online and come and tell us about the shiny things you found out, please do. That would be awesome. Give us your thoughts. <laughs> give, us your, <clears throat> give us your ideas. Your yes. speculation is more than welcome. And I am all here for that. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us online, you can find myself. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And I'm on Facebook under Suzanne Martin. And I'm on my blog, Geetha in Jeans. Dot home dot blog. Well, give or take. You tap it in, you'll find it. And you'll find it. And if you want to find me, I am on Facebook as Kate Coldwind. Um, I am on Twitter under the same name, but I don't really tweet, so I wouldn't bother. Um, I am uh, also going to just add that if you come and find us on Facebook, uh, you can do a quick search for Frithcast Pod where you will find our little um, uh, uh, Facebook Thing page. page. Yeah, Facebook um, page. Link to a <coughs> little group there and on to, from from there onto our server where you will be more than happy to come and join us around the virtual campfire. Yeah, so lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. We're going to talk to you all next time. I think I said you'd be more than happy to join us around the virtual campfire. That's actually for you to decide. It is. I meant you'd be more than welcome to come and join us around the virtual campfire. And and with that, I will join Suzanne in saying, um, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Sleep.